You are listening to Here Now Podcast, where we dive deep into faith, hearing loss, and lifestyle, and talk about all the things that you need to be equipped in this journey we call life. I'm your host, Sophia Labano, and this show is here for you to find encouragement in the everyday life that God created for you. Make sure to subscribe to never miss an episode. Thanks for your support. Now let's get into the show. Hello, you guys. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Here and Out Podcast. I'm so excited to introduce Melissa to today's episode. Thank you so much for coming on, Melissa. Um, We are going to be talking all things dating, marriage, relationships, etc. So let's just get right into the episode. Hi, Melissa. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Of course. I am so excited to have you on. So why don't we just start right away? Where are you from? What do you do? Let's just tell everybody about you. Sure. So I'm from, well, from, I live in Miami, Florida. That's where I am currently. I was raised in central Florida, but I'm here now with my husband. We've been married about two and a half years almost. And he was born and raised in Miami. So that was what I knew I was signing up for when I fell in love with him was lifelong Miami living. And (laughs) it's beautiful. I'm really enjoying it. I'm a marriage and family therapist. So that is what I do for work. And I also teach fertility care with the Creighton model. So helping women and couples chart the woman's cycle and figure out any fertility issues, whether they want to avoid or achieve pregnancy. I lead soul core classes. I do all kinds of random things and it's a lot of fun and I love it. (laughs) I love that. So have you always been interested in the NFP, Creighton, everything, that kind of thing? Ever since I started learning about it. So I never heard of NFP. I didn't know what it was. I wasn't exactly raised practicing the faith. I was Catholic, but I didn't know Um, anything about what that really meant or what it meant to live it out. And I also just didn't care when I was young, (laughs) um, younger. So I learned about NFP when I was in grad school and I had a conversion in in college. So that's when my faith started being very important to me. Mm -hmm. And I started trying to make God the center of my life. And I first heard about NFP when I was in grad school. So that was around 2015, 2016. And then I fell in love with it. I thought it was amazing. I was like so confused why I had never heard of this before, why it wasn't common knowledge. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so as soon as I heard about it, I knew I wanted to use that whenever I got married. My husband and I started learning it when we were engaged. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as we started using it in our own marriage, I knew I wanted to become a practitioner if the opportunity ever came up. And God made it very clear that the opportunity was coming up. And so I jumped on it and have been going through the training this past year. So that's amazing. So do you have to like go somewhere to do training, that kind of thing? Yeah, for Creighton, it's um, a 13 month program. It's actually longer than that, but that's because of coronavirus right now. Mm -hmm. So usually there's two week long intensive education programs. So I went up in August, 2019 for a week of training, very intensive. It's a university course uh, Mm -hmm. certification program. So I just didn't know all that I was signing up for at the time, which is (laughs) probably better that way. Yeah. Um, So we'd had that week, we had some exams and then we had an internship that was supposed Mm -hmm. to be from September to April, but got postponed until this past August. So Mm -hmm. we went back up in August for the second week of training. Now we're in our second internship. We have a final exam in February and then we'll be like fully 
completed with the program, but yeah. I've been working with clients along the way and it's amazing. I love it. That's so cool. I always love seeing like on Instagram, you talking about it and it just seems so fascinating. And I have a bunch of friends who are Catholic too. And they're like, I just want to learn more about it. And it just seems so fascinating. So do you think you can start learning NFP before you're even married while you're still young? Yeah, for sure. I would say a good reason to start anytime is if a woman notices that she has any cycle issues. So if there's any abnormal bleeding, if there's like crazy PMS symptoms, Mm -hmm. like very severe period pain, really short cycles, really long cycles, anything that's like irregular, Mm -hmm. Creighton and charting a woman's cycle can be really helpful. And then especially, yeah, once she's getting towards engagement and marriage to chart Mm -hmm. to either successfully avoid pregnancy or achieve pregnancy can be used. And it's great. So, so many uses and applications for it. That's so awesome. So what did you do in college that kind of like, you know, what was your degree that kind of led to getting a certification in NFP? Yeah. So nothing related. I mean, loosely related in a way that I, <laughs> that I relate them, but I studied psychology in undergrad. So I was very interested. All I knew was that I thought human behavior and relationships were very fascinating in high school, I took a couple psychology classes that I loved, so I decided to study psychology, but I didn't really know what I would do with that. Mm-hmm. And then I studied abroad, and the study abroad program had a couples counseling class. So I took that, fell in love with that, knew that I wanted to work with couples and become a therapist. So then I got my master's in marriage and family therapy, got my license, mm-hmm. and have been working in that. And then over time, God has just made it really clear that he wanted me to move into um, offering NFP services with Creighton, offering soul core classes, and they all work. They're very different, but they all work beautifully together because it's all about like improving the health of women and couples and families Mm -hmm. in different aspects, like in their spiritual life, in their physical health, in their mental health, in their relationships. So yeah, it's great. And I love all of it. That's amazing. There's so much like that can come out of that that if it hasn't already. So how did you get started kind of documenting your journey on Instagram and YouTube? Yeah, so Instagram started first and that was intentional just in the way of wanting to share how much a part of my life my faith was because when I had my conversion in college, I didn't know many examples of people Mm -hmm. who were normal and just like living their life and not like living in a bubble or like very Mm -hmm. socially awkward or very extreme. Um, Just like normal people who loved God and wanted to live out the Catholic faith completely. I really had very few examples of that. Mm So it was really hard for me to figure out what that was going to look like. And over time, I met more people who were living their faith boldly and beautifully. And it was so attractive. And I wanted what they had. I wanted the joy and peace and freedom that they that I could see clearly that they had because the Holy Spirit was in them and, and so apparent. So I really just wanted to like be what I didn't have and share my faith so openly because I would have really appreciated having someone like that. And now yeah. there, there seems to be a very strong Catholic community of young adults, especially young women on Instagram, which is amazing because people who are now growing up or even my age and just trying mm-hmm. to figure out 
what faith looks like in the midst of real life, it's so helpful to see how other people are living and doing that. So that's why I started sharing more intentionally about my faith on Instagram. And then YouTube was just a creative hobby and it still, <laughs> it still is like yeah. it's just something that I find so fun. And so like, if I'm not in the mood to record something, I don't, but it's mm -hmm. just, if something's on my mind, or if I see that I get the same questions over and over again from people, then I'll make a video about it. And that's just helpful for me because I was getting a lot of questions at one point about what my prayer life looked like. So it's easier for me to just make a video about it and then send the video to the people <laughs> instead of rewriting the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but it's super fun. I really like YouTube also. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw one of your YouTube videos and I think like I might have stalked your Instagram after that and I found that we both had like the same encounter with the same priest and I think I messaged you and I was yeah. like wow and then we kind of just started talking and I was like I love all your content especially you and her husband like I mm. love seeing all of your posts together um and it's like so sweet so how did you guys meet and you know get married shortly after yeah. that? So we met at one of the young adult groups in Miami. And at the time he was living in Miami, he had moved back after grad school and I was living about an hour north of Miami while I was in grad school. Mm -hmm. But I would travel down to Miami for this young adult group because it was so good. Like there was so many people, it was so alive, so active, the talks yeah. were incredible. So I would drive down every week and I was going for probably about a month before I met him but one of my best friends at the time was introduced to him first. And so at the end of one of the evenings, cause there was at least a hundred people at each of those nights. So it was mm -hmm. very, like, I could have easily been there and not met him. Right. Um, but she was chatting with him when I went to go grab her and tell her we needed to leave. And so she introduced me to him and she says, and I, I mean, I, my first thought was like, this guy is so attractive. How have I never <laughs> noticed him before? Because I'm always scouting, you know, you're, yeah. at, you're, you're a young single woman at a young adult group. Of course, you're going to be looking around to see yeah. <laughs> attractive men. So I was like, oh my gosh, he is so cute. How have I never noticed him? And so my friend saw both of our eyes kind of light up is what she says. And so she started scheming at that point and like trying to get us to be at the same events. And he quickly like asked me out a couple of weeks after that. Yeah. And we, we started dating and got engaged just under a year. Like we, I think it was 11 months we were dating before we got engaged mm -hmm. and then got married nine months later. So yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. I, I totally feel what you're saying about scouting about. I mean, it's just such a perfect opportunity to like yeah. meet people, especially if you're one that wants a relationship in the faith. Right. Um, so kind of what was your dating life like before you met him with like I guess such a drive for faith and not having that in past relationships you know yeah so in high school which was before I started practicing my faith I had very unhealthy relationships mm -hmm. as you could imagine I really shouldn't have been dating in high school but <laughs> I wanted to so I did. and they were very unhealthy relationships I just wouldn't recommend it like I just I know that some people have healthy relationships in high school and mm -hmm. some people end up getting married to their high school sweetheart, which is beautiful. Yeah. But I think in general, we're not at a maturity level and yeah. probably not looking for the right things. And so it depends. Everybody's different. But for me, it was not the best decision to be dating in high school. I had some 
very unhealthy relationships. And then in college, I had a couple of relationships that were more healthy. And I could just see, like, looking back now, the progression over time of mm-hmm. what I was looking for, what my standards were for men, because I really didn't have standards for mm-hmm. a while. And I remember this one guy that I was dating for a short time during college. And he was the first person who I met who made me realize that there were actual good men who yeah. had value. <laughs> and I should have standards because there are men who will meet the standards that you Absolutely. set. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so it was really transformative for me to meet him and encounter some type of relationship with him just to know that. And then I had another relationship with a guy who was not Catholic, um, but he was a very strong Christian and he loved Mm -hmm. Jesus. And that was really helpful for me to see, like, it's so beautiful to be in a relationship with someone who loves Jesus. But I also found through that relationship just how important it was for me um, to be with someone who was Catholic. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be able to receive the sacraments together, to go to adoration together and all these things. So it was a progression over time of just learning, like, what what God wanted for me, what I wanted for me, and not settling. So yeah, after it, it's in the grand scheme of life, it was not that long, but there was a few years, maybe three years that I was single between like the last relationship in college. And by the time I met my husband and I had at that time during those years, compared to friends or family, I had very high standards because I knew Mm -hmm. then what God wanted for me and what I wanted for myself. And I wasn't willing to settle for anything less. Mm -hmm. And all the time I would hear like, but your standards are too high, but you need to like be more realistic. But Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And I was just like, no, because I don't want that type of relationship. And, And I really don't think I had too high of standards. And my husband far exceeded the the, um, non-negotiables that I did have. And so I'm really grateful that I had those standards because otherwise I would have been dating someone else and I wouldn't have waited until I met him and knew that he was exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. So yeah, it was a progression over time learning in relationships. No, I love that. I was going to say, did you know like right away when you met him that you wanted to marry him? So I didn't know instantly, but I was, what's the word? Like I, I was intrigued. Like (laughs) every there was never any indication of like, oh no, there's a red flag Mm. or like this person is not for you or feeling like fearful or uneasy or anything. There was never any reason that I had not to, but it wasn't something that I knew right away, which was mostly because I had so many walls up of mm. having been hurt in the past. Yeah. I had so many walls up that like, I wasn't fully open to receiving his love, to loving him, to thinking about a future together. I just was so closed off. So I was very interested in him. I always wanted to continue getting to know him. There was a lot of things that like he would say or things that he would share with me about his life that made me think like, this, this could definitely be the person who God wants me to spend my life with. But it just took me a while to um, pray through that season of being closed off and learn, learn to be more open, learn to open my heart to the, like to the risk of being hurt, but also to the risk of knowing that this is who I'm going to marry. Exactly. Yeah, I was wondering, like, 
after having all these kind of past unhealthy relationships, did you kind of have to set boundaries with AJ going forward? Or was it kind of just like a very open communication um, between the both of you? Do you mean boundaries like physically? And just emotionally, spiritually, everything? Yeah, um, we definitely had a lot of conversations. It, I would say both, like some mm-hmm. some things, chastity and things like that, we would have very clear boundaries that we mm-hmm. talked about and decided on together that were going to be best for both of us. Um, and then a lot of it was just very open communication along the mm-hmm. way. If there was something that came up that either of us felt uncomfortable with or we felt like this was not leading us in the direction that we wanted to go in with our relationship, we were always having conversations and always wanting to grow and strengthen our relationship. And the goal was always like discerning whether or not we are called to marry one another because that's Mm -hmm. the point of dating. So it was always very intentional. So we were always having conversations to help understand whether or not that was where we were being called together. Right. And it's funny because a lot of times my friends will ask, like, how do you discern between God's true voice and your voice kind of thinking you're hearing Mm -hmm. God calling you to marry somebody? Yeah, I think it's it's a process. Discernment (laughs) is something that we have to, like, grow in our ability to discern whether or not it's just something I want. And I don't care if God says no, it's just I'm going to fight for it regardless or if I am living my life, I think that's kind of a way to decide, like, if I'm holding this with an open hand, where if God says, this is not what I want for you, you're Mm -hmm. willing to walk away. But also the desires of our heart are there for a reason. So paying attention to what those are, if we have desires that are good, they're not like Mm -hmm. immoral or leading us away from God, then, then that's a good indication that that might be something that God wants for us. Also checking with people that we trust. So whether it's family, friends, spiritual directors, counselors, Mm -hmm. whoever we have in our life that is someone that we can trust, that we value their input, the way that they live, checking in with them and listening Mm -hmm. to their thoughts on the relationship. If there are any red flags that they see that maybe we're blind to, just being open to um, hearing something that we might not want to hear, but that we're trying to do what's best and what God wants for us, then that's a good thing. No, yeah, that's so true. I see a lot of times people are so, I guess, stuck in their own, like, infatuation for somebody that they don't see all of the red flags. And so I love that you said you need to be open to communication, not between just you and the person that you're dating or whatever, from other people too. Because sometimes other people see things more than we see them ourselves. Um, And so I love that you brought that up. And so my next question, and I got this from so many people, is did you pray for your future husband? And if so, how did you do that? Totally. Yes, I did for years and a few ways, I would say mainly very simply, like my prayer was always um, asking God to prepare my heart and prepare my future husband's heart for each other. And that's very simple, but that was always my prayer. Just wherever he's at in life, wherever I'm at in life, I pray that this time that we're not together is preparing our hearts for one another. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was really the biggest way that I prayed for my future husband. There was also a couple books that I read. One I think is called 33 prayers for your future husband. And I loved that. I prayed through that when we were engaged actually, but it could be used 
before mm -hmm. or after you know the person. There's also one called The Power of a Praying Wife that mm -hmm. I think can be prayed before you're engaged or before you're married. It's just preparation for that vocation. And then one of my favorite things that I did that is sort of like a prayer, but it was really helpful for me in just like the waiting season was writing letters to my future mm -hmm. husband yeah. before and while I knew him, but I didn't know when I wrote the letter while we were dating, I didn't know for sure if he mm -hmm. would be the one that I would marry. So I probably wrote about 10 letters over the course of six years or so. Okay. Um, and I just kept them in a box and it would be whenever I was really longing for marriage or really like daydreaming about what he would be like or what our life yeah. would be like. <laughs> or maybe I was really frustrated about a guy or a breakup or mm -hmm. just like the culture that we live in or something. And I would write a letter to him and just pour out my heart, share whatever was on my mind. And that would help me stay focused on what I was actually wanting and mm -hmm. Um, hoping for and praying for and asking God to be part of that process. And, and I gave all those letters to my husband on our wedding night or the next morning, right around the time of our wedding. Mm -hmm. And so that was really special too. Oh, I love that. I've, I have written a couple letters too. And I guess like my follow-up question to that would be, what did you do to kind of deal with the desire to wanting to be in a relationship kind of in between relationships, you know? Yeah, that was probably the biggest thing that helped me was writing those letters. Some other things were just making sure that I was spending that time as a single person, developing myself and making, helping myself grow into the woman that I want to be. Mm -hmm. And that is, would be the type of wife that I want to be for my future husband. There's so much opportunity to grow and just really focus on like becoming who God created you to be during that time of singleness. Something I didn't do because I never thought about it and never heard about it, but now have and would definitely recommend it mm -hmm. to people is like going on dates with Jesus, going um, to the adoration chapel, or just like spending that time that you would invest in a relationship that's romantic in your relationship with Jesus and allow him to pursue you and pour out your heart and and all the love that you have within you to him i think that's so powerful and so beautiful i didn't ever hear about yeah. that when i was single but i would totally recommend that to people because i think that is like such a good use of that time i also spent all of my free time when i wasn't in school and i was single traveling so that's a great way to spend <laughs> i just like embraced that season as much as i could and while yeah. I desired a relationship and I desired marriage and I had crazy baby fever, even when I was very <laughs> single, I just like embraced the season of like, this is the time for me to learn about myself, learn about the world, travel, grow as a person. And it's, it's a time that you have that is different than any other time. So while of course you're going to travel and grow and become better when you're married too, it's just different when you're single and it's a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love the whole thing about dating Jesus. I honestly have never really even thought about that myself. So mm -hmm. that's really fascinating. So I was going to say that kind of goes with my next question is like, what can people do in a season of singleness to kind of prepare for a relationship? Yeah, that's exactly what I would say. Like yeah. spend the time, think about who you want to marry and think about all of the amazing, beautiful qualities that you want in them. And then think about what type of wife would naturally 
um, be attracted to that type of man and what that type of man would want in a future wife and mm -hmm. work on preparing your heart and preparing your soul and just allow yourself to grow into that because it's not going to be perfect. You're never going to enter into marriage perfectly, but we can do a lot to identify our weaknesses, our flaws, if we have like habitual sins, like we mm -hmm. should be working on all of those things when we're single. If we have trauma, like we should be going to therapy. So just utilize the time of singleness to prepare yourself to heal yourself as much as you can, because then that's just gonna benefit your future marriage so much more. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. So how did you manage to keep God at the center of your relationship and how do you now as well? Yeah, I think that's very important. And my husband has been great at taking the lead in that, which I really appreciate because sometimes I can be very lazy in my spiritual life <laughs> or just kind of get off the wagon. So I'm really grateful for his consistency and leadership with our spiritual life, which I would always recommend when we're looking for a spouse or a man mm -hmm. to look for someone who will lead you in the faith and spiritually. And I knew that I needed that. I knew like that mm -hmm. was one of my, I only had three non-negotiables that I was looking for. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there was more that I wanted, but I, one of my most important things was that I wanted someone who was holier than me, who was more um, in love with Jesus than me, who was more devout than me so that they could lead me so that I could learn from them. And that is so true of my husband. So I think practical ways of keeping God at the center is praying together as a couple mm -hmm. every single day. I, I thought my husband was a little crazy at the beginning, but um, <laughs> I still liked it and was excited about it. But he started calling me to pray together in evenings, I think a couple of days after our first date, like very early in our Oh my gosh. He was like, okay, let's just like say a prayer together. And I was like, okay. And I, it, it's a very vulnerable place to be in praying together, but it also helped us grow in our spiritual life together and set our relationship on God as a foundation from day one, from the mm -hmm. very beginning. So praying together before meals, like when you're going out for mm -hmm. a date, pray together before the meal, yep. praying together every day as much as you can, praying for one another, praying that God's will is done in the relationship, mm -hmm. going to mass together, going to adoration together, praying the rosary together, all of these things, just focusing on how can I help this person because if we're called to marriage we're discerning marriage and then within marriage like within marriage the goal is to walk one another to heaven so my mm -hmm. goal is to help my spouse get to heaven and so in the relationship we can be preparing for that and then especially in marriage like that's the goal every day is how can I be helping them grow and how how can this marriage be refining me so that I'm becoming holier too so yeah that's amazing I love that so much. So what would be some advice that you would offer to the younger audience who kind of wishes to have like relationship goals? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say uh, that makes me feel like they're looking at people and like that's, oh, their relationship goals. And so that's what I want for myself. So I would say to first work on that mindset. Like, <laughs> yeah. When you see couples on social media or even in real life, like you don't know their biggest pain points. You don't know people's weaknesses. You don't know how they're struggling. So they might look super cute and perfect. I promise you they're not perfect. <laughs> they have their struggles, they have their weaknesses. So I would say 
I, I think that when we aspire to have relationship goals, it it is like a breeding ground for comparison and resentment. And yeah, because we're always going to see our biggest weaknesses. And then we're mm -hmm. always going to see just the highlight that somebody else puts out there. And it's not a bad thing that like, so I, I don't believe that it's a bad thing that social media can be a highlight reel. We just have to know that yes, people are open on social media. I'm very open on social media, but I'm not sharing the biggest struggles of my life. On, right. on social media that's not right. the place for it I don't think that that's that's not how I want to operate and, yeah. and utilize social media so I think we just have to keep that in mind like you're you should be yeah like if you're called to marriage there probably are times where we're dreaming of like oh my gosh what's my relationship gonna be like but we just have to stay in reality and not be comparing ourselves to what we think our relationship goals of other people like yeah. focus on our own prayer life, our own growth in like who we are and our spiritual life, and then focusing on our relationship and making sure it's healthy. And if we have healthy, holy relationships, that is relationship goals. But I just think that's probably different than like how people talk about it and look yeah. at one like, oh, their relationship goals. Like yeah. they might be cute and, you know, say, I don't know, funny or whatever, whatever <laughs> it looks like is relationship goals. But What's relationship goals is having healthy, holy relationships. And right. so as long as you are doing what you need to, to prepare yourself for that. And then once in a relationship, doing what you need to, to make sure the relationship is healthy and holy, mm -hmm. that's beautiful and good. And like what we should be working towards. Absolutely. I totally 1000% agree. So what would you say to those who feel that there's no good catholic god-fearing men out there because i'm sure a lot of people are feeling hopeless these days yeah no they exist they are there <laughs> and sometimes it's about where we are it could be like location wise it could just be that we're looking for god-fearing holy men at the bar and like they yeah. might be there but they're probably not talking about what they just learned from scripture while they're at the bar so right um, like we have to see where we're looking for those type of men and yeah so mass young adult groups mm -hmm. church events young adult gatherings like where where are those people going to be where are the men who love god and are living for him going to be that's your best bet also like through friends is a really good way so if you have really beautiful faithful friendships then they might be in relationships their spouses or um, boyfriends might know other guys that's what I found I remember in college I knew a lot of girls who were trying to live for God and um, wanting to live out their faith and the only guy I knew who was on that kind of same page was the guy that I was dating during college and I remember saying to him like but why are you the only one? Why yeah. why are there not all these other guys? And I know so many girls and I don't know any guys that want to live for God. And he said, he replied like, well, you're the only girl I know like that. And I know all the guys. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, we need to have a mixture and <laughs> all the guys you know and all the girls I know. And so they exist. We just sometimes don't meet them. And, and it's okay because if God has someone picked out for you, which he does, he won't let you miss them. Like you're not yeah. going to accidentally walk by and totally miss your chance. He has a plan for you. He has um, a person in mind for your spouse and he, he's not going to let you miss them. 
and he's created you guys for one another. So we just need to trust and be patient and know that they're there, know that we need to have standards and keep our standards and pray for our future marriage and our future spouse. And then just trust and be patient because they might not be ready or you might not be ready. But that's like always something good to keep in mind is that if I feel like, okay, I'm ready. Like I've done the work. I've figured out my life. I know I'm prepared. I'm mature, whatever. But, but your spouse might not be there yet. And so yeah. not, you don't need to be rushing into a relationship or rushing to find your future spouse when they might need more time. And that's yeah. okay. Or they might be in seminary discerning religious life and <laughs> eventually they're going to discern out. You know, we, we don't know what the plan yeah. is. So we yeah. just need to trust. God has a beautiful, perfect plan for us, but we just have to trust and be patient with the plan. I love that so much. It's funny you brought up the seminary. There's so many people that are like, I, that guy I liked, he just went into seminary. What can I do? Mm-hmm. And so I love how you say that you just, just have to trust the plan because there's always yeah. going to be a greater plan than the one that we have in mind. So do you have any like last minute thoughts that you kind of just want to leave with the listeners here about anything that we talked about? I would just say to, this is your time to do your work. So it's whether you're single, engaged, or married, it's always... A good time it's always the right time so wherever you're at wherever you see like these are my weaknesses this is where I feel far from God this is where I don't understand what what the church is talking about in this topic now's the time to do the work for that so find people who can answer your questions join a small group where you can grow and learn together with other people just see what you're needing in your spiritual life and where you're needing to grow with God and jump into it because there's not going to be a better time than now. I love that so much. There's no better time than the present. So where can people find you on all social media platforms? Yeah. So basically I'm just Melissa Grace Tablada everywhere. So on Instagram, Melissa Grace Tablada on YouTube, Melissa Grace Tablada. My website is melissagracetablada.com. <laughs> so if you search that name anywhere, you will probably find me. And that's where I'll be. I love it so much. So thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. And I loved everything that we talked about today. I definitely know that I'm going to take some of this advice to heart as well. So if you guys have any questions for Melissa, feel free to reach out to her. She's definitely very open to DMs. I know that for a fact. (laughs) She's so sweet and I love talking to her. But again, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you give her a follow over on Instagram, all the platforms and stuff. And we will see you guys next week on another episode of Here Now Podcast. Thanks, guys. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye, guys.